Welcome to the Alaskan Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Maloof, and I'm here with my guest, Charlie Ross, and we are hanging out in the Seed Lab and excited to talk about art. So welcome to the podcast, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited to be here, actually. Yeah. This is uh, first, my first podcast. Uh, is it? Yeah. Ah, I'm, uh, yes. So I'm a little bit nervous about doing this, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, here we go. Thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for, for coming on. Yeah. You do, you do metal sculpture, primarily. Would you describe yourself as a metal artist? Or a sculptor? What would you? Oh, uh, just a guy messing around and just kind of finding out what's cool and what he wants to do, and then just kind of going from there. But I think I got the classification of metal artist like early on because that's mainly what I did. Uh, you know, I, I started off when I was a kid in my dad's shop. My dad had built a shop in the bottom of our house uh, when he was building the house up on the hillside of Brown okay. Creek Valley way back in the day before a road was even up there yet. Oh wow! You know, so that's some like old old school hillside. We're like the the house has got like a bunch of crap all across the yard, backyard. There's like, and there's equipment out there, there's metal, there's pipe out there, there's all that kind of like junk. Okay. And uh, starting when I was a kid, I was going down to the shop with my dad to learn how to weld. Because okay. I was going to go and help him do, uh, do the work we do up there. Which is, we do pile driving, which in Alaska is, I think it's pretty unique. You got to go take like, we what we do is we take old drill stem from the pipeline. They just get rid of it when they use it once. Okay. And so they huh. put it down in yards. In Alaska, you got to go down at least, I'd say about 20, 15 to 20 feet to get down below the permafrost layer if you're doing any foundation work. Mm -hmm. So like any sauna tubes are just going to jack up during the wintertime. Right. So you got to go like kind of like drive this piling into the ground mm -hmm. and then use that as your foundation. So okay. we do that for decks, like docks and uh, like uh, cabins and houses sometimes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anything you don't actually want to move. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. It's going to go into the bedrock and it's going to stay there. Yeah. And okay. so I was doing that since I was a kid uh, with my dad because that's just, you know, how I grew up, you know. Yeah. You just got to go out with your dad. Family, and help family business. Yeah. Family business. He runs it by himself and he's still doing it. Yeah. Today. Wow. He's pushing 70 years soon. He's that that's kind cool. of guy. He just, he just. He'll just, he's just going to keep going, you know? Hmm. Some people don't know how to retire because they're, cause they're <laughs> like, like my dad will never retire because yeah. he wouldn't know what to do. So he's just, he's going to work forever. Yeah. Same and, thing. My dad is the same it. guy. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to be the same way as well. I need to yeah. keep active. And I, when I stop, you know, God, I think that's when I'm going to go. Yeah. To be honest. Like I just need to keep active. Yeah. I can't imagine just sitting around the couch and doing nothing all day. Yeah. That would, that would not work for me. Yeah. yeah I think I'm creative even... types, we just, we get bored and we just got to fill the time and we got to. We just find out new things to go do, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I really enjoy having a, having a problem to solve. Yeah. It's fine. It's just <laughs> yeah. like trying to my brain's figure be active. out how to, yeah, I know, I know that I'm doing, that I'm engaged with my project when I'm, when I'm waking up in the middle of the night, trying to figure out how to attach a certain thing to a certain thing. I just had this I, conversation with somebody else. <laughs> I literally just talked about really? this and I was like, I couldn't sleep last night and like, it was like two nights ago and I was up all night because I had a problem I was trying to work on and mm -hmm. like, I just... You can't sleep when you have it in your brain and what you got to do, and you no. just you can't write it down and like be the, be the solution. You got to go do it. Yeah. And when you're like working in a shop and like with other people around, can't really go just go start like welding stuff and like just like banging at, on shit at three in the morning. Yes. No, like I have a I have a power hammer in my garage and I can't like I'll wake up and I'll be like I want to go like mess around with stuff that I I'll, <laughs> I'll sometimes I'll I'll try to go downstairs and creep around and like be really quiet. And I'm not. I'm, no. I'm never quiet, and like, it's not nice. So, so I'm, I'm actually thinking of getting building a studio next door so that I can go make noise See, in the middle of the night when I yeah. have like these like wild ideas that I'm like I really want to do this, and then I can just run over there, make noise, and and just get to it. Yeah, and then just not let the creative 
process stop you know <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah i was just I, last night i was i was i was awake and thinking about this this little flange that i needed to how i was going to build this flange for this railing that i'm making and and i figured it out in the middle of the night and i was like haha and then i went and then i go back to sleep that's like the most creative time in like time of the day actually i feel like when you're mm -hmm. sitting in bed in that half like quasi awake kind of feeling and then you just kind of get this wild idea and you're like oh that would totally work yeah. why have i not considered that at all and like <laughs> i need to go try this out i can't forget about this uh -huh. That's so like, like I've been to your house before, and now you're mm -hmm. doing that garage you're gonna put off, like down the away from your house. Is that where you're trying um, to put the shop at? Well, I bought the lot next door, so there's oh. a there's a big lot to the south that's like two acres, and so probably there. Nice. But then this morning I was like, I was staring at my neighbor's house, which is so I have the my house, and then there's the vacant lot, and then they have this house that's up on the hill a little higher, and. I think I just want their house. <laughs> so I'm going to try to figure out how to buy their house from them because it already actually is perfect. It's got a beautiful view. It's got it's got three garages. And then we could keep the lot in between the two houses empty mm -hmm. and build a tree house. Oh, yeah, Which perfect. is like yeah. what I'm really jazzed about. So Like a nice tree, like a good, like like a a solid, good tree Like house. this is where people would stay at in the summertime kind of Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when nice. I have guests, they can stay in the house and I'll go stay in my tree house. Or they could stay in the tree house if... if if they're really nice guests, if they're really good, <laughs> if they're really Only special the good guests, guests get to stay in the <laughs> otherwise you got to stay in the house. <laughs> Trust me, it's not as good as you think it is. <laughs> okay, back to your art. Yes, uh, yeah. So, so that's what I grew up doing, and uh, my dad taught me to weld, and uh, eventually we had a plasma cutter for work. So then I started using that, and I just got into it. And I, I think the first thing I ever made that really kind of like let me like kind of know like oh this is actually a good thing to go try out and go do it was like i think it was like 12 and i made for like a show and tell thing for school you had to bring in something you made or i can't remember what the, what the context was but uh i made like a a, a little like stick figure metal dude uh -huh. like singing into a microphone with like speakers behind him on his little plate of metal <laughs> out of scrap that would be in our in our shop yeah and like if you've been in my my dad's shop it's full of scrap metal it's everywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah. Metal shops have yeah. a superfluous amount of scrap. Just metal. perfect stuff to just start like making things out of. Mm -hmm. Like these little scrap end pieces we can just start putting together and welding and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you would teach me like kind of give me feedback on what I should be doing. And it's like while I was also learning how to like stick weld for the job, I was also like learning how to go and create this stuff. Yeah. And Were you guys running stick for stick and MIG, yeah. Okay. No, we do stick on the job sites, we do MIG right. in the shop and we're like fabricating stuff. Yeah. So we always had exactly. access to both. And um I started off with that, and then I started using the torch, the plug mm -hmm. torch, because we were using that to cut pipe. Mm -hmm. And I was going to the shop, and I was like, I found out I can kind of cut images out of the metal and stuff. We got sitting around there, so I started doing this. My first one was a bear, like a bear head, okay. and it was terrible. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so bad. But, like, I think this is a lesson as well. Like, don't get disenfranchised because your first one didn't turn out good. Like, of right. course the first one's not going to. That's a one big lesson I always had to teach myself during this whole process. And like it was god awful, but like yeah. I just kept practicing at it, and I kind of figured out new ways to do new things and make it cleaner and make it look mm -hmm. sharper and kind of get it. You know, and then like working mm -hmm. with metal is really complicated. You have that blowtorch, and you can't really do anything like detailed. Mm -mm. Then you got a plasma cutter, and then you can't. And then you find out new methods of how to use the plasma cutter to make even more detail mm. into the artwork, and you just yeah. kind of stage it up and stage it up. See, I like the I like the torch. I like cutting with the torch better than uh, cutting with the plasma cutter. Well, your artwork too. It looks great on the edges. Like that looks like the yeah, the I'm, ones you have mounted up on the wall and stuff. Uh -huh. Those look amazing with with a blowtorch. You couldn't yeah. get that kind you of detail get that with, with, plasma, with cutter. plasma cutter. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, they're just, yeah, there's just different tools. Yeah. Yeah. Different tools yeah. for different, like the, the stuff yeah. that I did, I'm trying to get this one line to like give a feature of like hair moving on like a moose's head, oh, like yeah, a tentacle, really like thin, get a like, like one very yeah. precise point. Because yeah. you're in the wrong spot, like the octopus's eye is like drooping down. You're like, oh god, what do I do? <laughs> the octopus was in a, was in an accident. <laughs> it's an abstract octopus. You know, I was going for realistic, but it just came out as something different. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's hard when you like it, the images in your head are usually perfect, right? And then, and then reality sets in of like material limitations or. Oh, something getting over overheated, all the things or warping. Yeah, warping. Warp, yeah. Warping is the thing that is <laughs> like, is like working with metal. I I always underestimate warping. Yeah, and now at this point, I literally I'm just screwing everything down, like clamping everything to the table before yeah, I touch clamp anything. everything, like mm -hmm. opposite ends and all that kind of stuff. I on my first uh, table like frame that I made. I didn't know much about warping yeah. at that point. Or like my dad taught me, but I didn't listen at that point, right? Because right. I was a rebellious kid. Yeah, and you're like, it's not going to, you know, if I, if I do it here <laughs> and then I do the same thing over here, it'll work yeah. evenly and then it'll be fine. It's nope. that's not, not how it works. works. Or like, oh, just do it. It's not going to be that bad, right? And then like yeah. get it done it's like rocking all over the place. <laughs> like, oh, God, <laughs> oh, what did I do? Mm -hmm. But then you learn how to like you learn your lessons in it, and you and and honestly, even that, I think one and also a really good lesson I've learned while doing my art as well is that I learn new methods by fucking up all the 100%. time. Yeah. yeah, and like I have like been working on a project where I was using a blowtorch to like color the steel like this nice tinted like mm -hmm. heat blue, mm -hmm. and I went and I was trying to do it really carefully, and all of a sudden I like went too much heat for one spot and just kind of blew it all out. Mm -hmm. and I was like shit like i fucked it all up like yeah. what am i gonna do yeah and you come back and you look at it again and it's a really cool effect that you never even knew was possible mm. then you start running with that because you just figured out like how to do something different that you weren't planning on doing mm -hmm. and you're fuck up just yeah. kind of turn into a whole new like avenue of artwork you can kind of go explore right yeah yeah my my um one of my art teachers always just called those happy accidents happy yeah happy little like, accidents yeah like, yep. <laughs> i the bob ross methodology that's, 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 that's yeah he stole it from Bob. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's metal. So, so what do you like? What do you? Why metal? You know, I I uh, <laughs> I like that when you melt it, it stays there. Like I've tried getting the woodworking. I'm not a woodworker. I've done like basic stuff. I've made like furniture pieces, some really good ones actually, by incorporating like the metal. Like frames with like a live edge tabletop. I was living mm -hmm. in Portland for a few years, a few like a couple of years. Yeah. And uh, I like you can get live edge wood down there in like oh, uh, someone's like, backyard. You oh, know, cool. like I went down to a spot right outside of Portland. There was a guy that was just reclaiming like they're just taking out old trees, and I got yeah. like some like original Oregon cherry wow. that had just been discarded essentially because it's not good enough for a mill. But okay. like for me, like I don't care. Like I'll just you know I'm just putting some metal you know table legs on us and. I was wiring yeah. in lamp, lamps to the actual tabletops as well. Okay. It's like one of the things yeah, I don't have the pictures cool. anymore because I made all this stuff up. But during the pandemic, I mm. just like deleted all my social media <laughs> accounts and I lost all the pictures. It's gone. Yeah, I know. I, was, oh. I got it somewhere. I just need to go dig in and like, get it and stuff. But, um, wow, life you know, like, charity. Yeah, Sweet. it was. I sold a few of those things. I think there's still a couple down in this gallery down in Portland, but mm. I'm not sure what's still there anymore. But, uh, you know, like that just. Kind of like you have an idea, then you just like you don't have to stick directly to metal, but then you can kind of expand out. I like yeah. working with metal because you can do a lot of really, really cool stuff with it. Like yeah. the sculpture work out of it, just taking bits of scrap and then like using it in unique ways to kind of make this overall feature. You're like mm -hmm. making a hubcap and you're making it like an eye. 
It's like embedded into this massive like sculpture piece that then comes together with all, a bunch of other scrap to make this whole mm-hmm. thing that's like it's more than the sum of its parts, you know. Totally. Yeah. Well, and it's it's like metals everywhere. And, and pe- like yeah. you probably have this a lot. People are like people love giving me metal. Yeah. They find metal and they're like, oh, Amy wants this. <laughs> and sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I always say yes because I'm. You, you know, never know because they, they usually don't know what they have. Yeah, you know they're like it's metal. It's all in the same category of metal, and sometimes it's galvanized, or sometimes it's like nothing I want, and sometimes it's really nice. I've gotten some like great scrap from people that that just hang on to metal pieces for me, and it's everywhere. It's and it's it's not um, like the 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 reusing of of like steel scrap is actually environmentally really solid because the the recycling of steel is not worth the energy yeah it's, yeah exactly it's, it's not worth the energy it's not worth the money and not only that but to like take old scrapping like metal and then make it into artwork as well mm-hmm. like that it is already exists ultimate. yeah and we're just we're just actually using the little bits that that wouldn't that otherwise would just get tossed yeah exactly and that's yeah. that i think that because at first i didn't use recycled metal i just used like you know plate steel or whatever i can mm-hmm. get my hands on i would go get an entire four by eight sheet of plate mm-hmm. and i would make scrap in the process and then mm-hmm. i figured out like you know what why like there's already an abundance of scrap there's like this is also like i'm an environmental scientist like by like i went to school and by training oh, okay. i do environmental biogeochemistry so this is okay. an important issue for me as well mm-hmm. and so like you're just combining these two passions of like yeah like i want to move into like a more environmental friendly like kind of like I study agricultural science and and I study sustainable agriculture and so sustainability is also a really important one for me as well yeah so yeah this is like cool. a perfect combination too you're good at metal artwork and you're you're passionate about this and you're also passionate about the metal artwork and like get them together and yeah just try it out yeah and you're basically using trash to make something of value yeah exactly like, that yeah. feels amazing their trash <laughs> is my treasure <laughs> it is it well, is and like metal it's not a, it's it's so it's so slowly consumed so and even and like the rust texture, I love oh. rust. Like 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 a well rusted surface. Is you can't incredible. get better than that. And yeah. like I love like a lot of the artwork, the wall artwork I do. So I take um, what I found up here was really easy to get my hands on, and that's how I got into doing the wall artwork out of like old recycled metal. Is that we had an okay. old like five hundred gallon like tank that's been used to like heat homes back in the sixties up here in Alaska. Okay. And they're all over the hillside because that's what people heat in their homes. Yeah, like the back oil, in the, day. the oil tanks. Yeah, yeah. And now, like at this point, they're just coming out of the ground. Yeah, due to time. I have, I have two in my yard. Do you want them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I'm not gonna use like I've been I've been trying to figure out a thing I want to use them for, and I ran out of I ran out of fucks to give. That's they're, what I got into. Awesome. So I got like a design nice. I come up with, and like I to draw it out or something like that, or I kind of get it out into a um, something I can kind of transfer to the metal. Then you get it on the metal and you can use that as your guide for cutting out with the plasma cutter. So you can get Wait, these really accurate, detailed like uh, cuts. So like what I do is I go to like the iPad and like I'll go in and like draw up designs. So like an octopus design, like the one I, sh- I showed you before we met up yeah. on the podcast. So like I'll I'll go and I'll like get that into like draw it up on the iPad, kind of get the design that I'm looking to get. Okay. So then I can actually blow it up onto like multiple pieces of like paper, so that I can cut okay. out a stencil and I spray paint that onto whatever piece I'm trying to work with because okay. it's hard to like. You go into right, draw something, because then you're because you're, you're adding a flat thing to a round surface. Exactly, but right. not only that. Sometimes it's round. Sometimes it's crumpled in, and you can't like get into the the, the divots, and you can't get yeah. into the certain spaces unless you have something that's really applicable, like can apply right onto the, the surface of what you're trying to cut out of. Right. So oh. with recycled metal, it's so you you can't like project onto it because the projection's mm-hmm. not going to have the it's going to 
move with the material and it's not going to like remain constant with that straight it'll, yeah line. it'll 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 distort right yeah, yeah. distorted across the distortions on the metal and so if you take that like i just take cardstock at the end of the process and i'll like, yeah. blow it up to whatever size i need so i can size it to like five six feet okay and the process is very time consuming to go and like especially with the octopus like tentacle like suckers on the underside of the tentacle yeah and, like go and cut out go each and thing it. and then with the plasma coder and go and cut it all out but if you use that as your way to transfer your design to the actual to metal, the, the and then steel, use that yeah. with your plasma cutter, you can get these very, very accurate, like super accurate cool. cuts in your metal. Super cool. And then you do that okay. with the with these tanks. I mean, they have these; they're old, they're rusted. They've been sitting in the ground for fifty years, and yeah. when they have the pitting effect that the the rust has been eating away at the metal. When mm -hmm. you take a, I get them like a sandblast, I got the paint off of them. Okay. You take a wire wheel to that, on mm -hmm. top of that, it just mm -hmm. glows, it shines. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. this beautiful effect that just looks amazing. And then I, after that, so I just did that for a while, but then I wanted yeah. to do color. And so okay. this is the process of me fucking up and actually making something cool. Yeah. It was like, I had tried like doing like certain spray paints and like rubbing on with like a grinding wheel, like painting the grinding wheel and then like kind of rubbing it on the metal. Oh, interesting. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Yeah. yeah. And it was just one of those like kind of last-ditch efforts and it like that. So then I kind of got it like, how can I like stain the metal to make it look good? And I got it. Yeah, because steel patina is, I, oh, I, I've spent a long time with, I, I really enjoy gun blue. Gun yeah. blues, gun blue, but you only get one result. Yeah, and like you're chemically I mean, treating the metal like you gotta like alter the chemical composition of it. It's really hard to control that process, right? Yeah. Like that's a super complicated one. If you mess it up even a little bit, like you're just, it's gonna go off the rails. Yeah. And you can't like combine the colors and stuff like that. You can't, you, Yeah. it's gotta be one thing. And I didn't like that. I did it for a few projects and I was like, yeah, it's cool, but like it's not what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so I got into alcohol ink. I went down to Blaine's and I just went and picked up a bunch of these alcohol inks and I tried them out and I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. Like, cause when the alcohol dries on the metal, doesn't actually let it pop. It kind of just covers up the features of the metal, like the detail. Oh, even though it's so thin? Yeah, and it like it's just huh. the the alcohol ink itself doesn't really shine at all. It doesn't really give you the effect you want. So okay. then I can't remember how I I was trying out different coatings because I wanted to kind of protect them from being like damaged or like being scratched. Yeah. And I went and got this two part hard coat from an automotive store, clear gloss, and I like sprayed it on there just to give it a shot, and it just sealed all the alcohol ink up together. So you can do layers of alcohol ink oh. on top and combine in the colors, and it just all the the effects of the metal underneath it shine right through. Oh, cool. And I was like, that's it. This is the stuff I'm going to go with. This looks amazing. And I made yeah. some amazing Yeah, because your colors are so vivid. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the, and the, the like, just the, the texture of the alcohol ink is so lovely. Yeah, and you can do all huh. kinds of stuff. You can get, like, the gold flakes you can kind of suspend in there because really you can layer all the alcohol ink on top of each other to kind of combine whatever kind of colors you want to do. Yeah. But when you get that two-part hard coat on top of it, it just seals it all together. Huh. And it just, it, it'll make, you don't know what you're going to get until you get it done. Like yeah. you can put all the alcohol ink you want to on there and it look, it'll look like a giant like blob just, of nonsense. Just, yeah. And then you put the two-part hard coat on there and it all just shines. And it's just, it's an amazing. Wow. So it like, I, so it's got to be, it, it's refracting the light. Yeah, I to, think so. To, yeah. to pull the color out. Yeah, and so instead of having right. like, you're just kind of like, just you're just combining it all together. You're just sealing yeah. everything up together. So all the yeah, all the lights kind of like just diffusing through, and it's actually kind of like it's bouncing off all the alcohol ink. It's just kind of being reflected back out. And it's, Super cool. Yeah. Well, and like, and like the colors you're getting are so much more satisfying. Like, I love heat treatment. I think that that's neat, but it's so cheesy. I actually don't Everybody like it. Everybody does it these days. I think it's gross. Yeah. And I just, 
like I've played around. It's really fun to, I love doing it, but I don't like what it looks like. Yeah. It's just like, eh, those are like, I don't, I don't, do you know what it is? Why don't, why don't you like it? Because I don't, I know I don't like it, but I don't actually know why. There's not much to the process. It's not a challenge to it. I mean, and you can get like four is, colors. But yeah, and it's like you got to do it with the right temperature. It's kind of a pain to like get what you want out of it. And if, again, if you mess up just a little bit, it's, it's going to blow your move. entire progress. Yeah, and, well, like, and then you have to stop limited. it from. Yeah, you don't have quite the control. Yeah, I think that's what I don't like. You don't have the control, and you don't get a very good product. No, and, and I think it's, it's all two dimensional. Like you got to, it's all going to be like on that one. I can kind of make a three dimensional aspect of the color. Yeah. That you just you just have one thing, and then like you can't you can you can put some detail into it, but it's not. I don't know it's not that special anymore. It's, it's yeah, not. I feel it's, like it's it, not. A it's challenge. like it, it reminds me of like the a three dollar stainless steel knife. Yeah. That's been heat treated, and you're like, yep, that's neat. It's a nice craft. It's not. I don't know. Nothing to write home about. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I love. I love the idea of it, and I think it's. I think it's. I think it's fun to heat treat things, but, but I just, yeah, I don't like what it looks like. So I did two Ravens like that. One with the heat treat, okay. one with the color. And okay. I think the color sold within like a month. The heat treat, I think, is still at a studio. <laughs> you, need to, you need to go get it and then color it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think I you did do that. that. Actually, yeah. That's should do that. I mean, that's the one I took back and I redid. Yeah. I can't remember what I did with it, but I was like, it just wasn't going anywhere. And yeah. I, like, I just. And you didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. And I was just yeah. like, eh, like, yeah, it's all right. Like, it could be better. Like, I didn't really. I don't know. I think at that time I wasn't really spending a whole lot of time on it. I was just kind of like, all right, get it done so I can go drop it off the studio. Yeah, get rid of it. See what happens. See if someone buys it, you know. If not, who cares? Yeah. But, yeah. So, okay, so you sell you sell work in, in Oregon and you sell work up here? Yeah, and to the same person, actually, she owns both studios. And this is actually another reason why I even got into metal artwork as okay. well. Like, this Wait, is this uh, Katie? Yeah, Katie, oh, yeah. So oh, do yeah. you know Katie? Oh, yeah, I know Katie. Okay, yeah. yeah, everyone knows Katie. Yeah, everyone knows Katie. Yeah. Katie's great. Katie's hopefully, awesome. Hopefully we'll get Katie on this podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, she'd be a good Quintessential Alaskan artist. Yeah, oh, and, yeah, and she's just delightful. And she just works so hard. Like, I don't she know how she does, does this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she sleeps. No, I don't think she... Like, no, she Katie has three kids. Sleep. She has three teenage boys. Yeah. She runs two art galleries. Yeah. She does her own artwork. She's she's super sassy and gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And she's Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, your your listeners don't know. I'm six foot nine. Uh, so you know, us tall people all sit in a club and we all just talk to each other. <laughs> I'll wear heels and come hang out with you yeah. guys. <laughs> I'm five eight, so it doesn't take me that much to get up. No, I think you're you're, you're kind yeah. of good up there. I think if you got yeah. you know, either platform boots or the heels, you can kind of like blend. I could I could blend in with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm sure like it's gonna <laughs> show up on the podcast. My knees keep hitting hitting the table, so if they're listening to this and they keep oh, yeah. hearing like a bump. Don't that's bump. my knees hitting the table. <laughs> so I can't very often. Are they? Oh man! It's a little bit. I'm used to it though, you know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Katie. Yeah. So okay. Cause yeah, cause she moved down to Oregon. Yeah. 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 So like when I first got it, so I was doing this at home. I was messing around with it. And I was kind of like, you know, I was trying things out, but I wasn't. I wasn't really getting into anything. I think it was like 19 or 20, and I decided to make this massive like salmon art piece. And okay. It was like five feet long, and oh, it was wow. like cut out of this old like red like gas tank. I had. had I think this is the first gas tank project. Okay. Because my dad just had to sit on his property for like years and he's like oh i'm gonna fix it up there's holes all over it like rust it out like you're not here to fix it up like to use it as a tank yeah to use it as a tank and i was like let me use it let me cut some stuff out he's like yeah fine i'm just like go you know you'll do whatever and uh and so i I went and made this massive salmon art piece and i had like this nice like 
blue backing to it, the silver, like, like, so there was like, you know, colors that were kind of underneath the salmon. Okay. And, uh, it was a, it was a like big project. It? Yeah, behind it. Okay. Like a backing like plate. Back, like the, okay. there was a red, like the front actual piece was, uh, like it was like this red color that was came from the tank itself. Okay. And then cool. I had cut, uh, cut some like backing plates to it that would like kind of give it color in certain spots. Okay. And, uh, I took it down to like a few studios here in town and i think like most people are like oh that's not up to our not up to our really, thing you know i was like fine so i kind of went around i ended up going to katie's old studio on fourth mm -hmm. avenue and yeah, i walked the really in there long, narrow one yeah, yeah yeah and i walked in there and i was like hey like do you like this she's like yeah i love this this is great i'm like this is i have never i'm not really an artist yet like i'm just getting into this i haven't even just gone making, to the studio just making stuff yeah just making stuff and seeing who wants to take yeah. it in you know and uh and like of course like i didn't know all the things yet so she gave me some good feedback on what i needed like a wire to hang it by and a good yep. one because it was heavy <laughs> so like not to have it break and she's like yeah well you get that done bring it down here and we'll put it up here and i think within like three weeks it sold wow and i like made like i was like oh my god like this is something I love to do and I can like kind of make money it, doing, it which pays, is nice. It pays for the yeah. habit and it pays, pays for, for some habit. time. Yeah. yeah, how'd that feel? Amazing. Like, yeah. so, I mean, like, I didn't grow up with like a whole, like, we did okay, but like, I didn't have enough money in the family to go to college. Like, I joined the army to go to college. Because okay. yeah. I, mean, I was either you go play basketball, mm -hmm. and I was really bad at that, even though I'm six foot nine. It was very awkward growing up. <laughs> I was very uncoordinated. And uh, I just, there was no way that and was And everyone probably, happen. that was probably frustrating because everyone probably assumed you were really good at basketball because yeah. you were so tall. They made me go play. I played and, for and Diamond then, High School and I, yeah. I was not good at it. <laughs> yeah. I think I was like, yeah, I'm not going to rely on that one to happen. I mean, like, so I joined the army to go pay for college at least. But, you know, that was the kind of situation I was kind of growing up in was, you know, I was kind of like projected to go and work as a welder or mm -hmm. like, Something like that, and they have enough money for college. So unless I went and did this, and so kind of at that time, I think I was still in the army at that time, broke. Because I mean, you're an E three in the army, you're making like nine hundred bucks yeah, a month, much. and uh, and so like wow. to come and like actually be able to come in and like make half your paycheck in one little thing, that was really nice. Yeah, like, it's kind of like you see it as an opportunity yeah. to kind of bring yourself up and mm -hmm. bring yourself to a new like you know status that you never thought you'd have access to before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, the money for me is never the main focus of the artwork. That's a really nice side benefit. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it's it's always about just being able to create stuff. I love the mm -hmm. fact that I get to create stuff, but and it's an expensive habit, especially for the metal artwork. For sure, yeah. But you yeah. get to, like, make money while you do it and pay for it and then have a little mm -hmm. extra in your pocket to go do trips. Like, I come back and do an entire art show at South Anchorage, the farmer market. Mm -hmm. I made 10 grand in one summer. I went to Japan with it. Awesome. I just used it for a backpacking trip in Japan. Yeah. It was oh, great. That's fabulous. To have the fact you can go do that is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's fabulous. And it's fun. It's just, like, to get, to get, to see people value the thing that you made that was trash and the only the only thing that you did to it was add yourself to it yeah you put your own self you, into the thing and then people like it yeah that's, that's a nice thing that's it's, a good it's a good feeling mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's i'm always i'm always surprised by that a little bit because you know because i see that i'm like this used to be laying on the ground and then I picked it up and I, and I spent some time with it and then I cut it up into whatever I decided would be interesting or whatever, whatever was going on in my, in my brain that, um, that this, that I saw the future of this, this piece of steel or whatever. And then, and then to have, and then, and then to present it in a way that people are like, that it, that it does something, that it, it causes an emotion in somebody, it causes a reaction and they, and they want it like that, 
that process just in itself is, is always so, um, I'm always just in awe of that, you know, cause I've, cause I saw it on, you know, they weren't, they, they don't, people, people see the finished product. They see this amazing thing and they, and they see this, they don't, they don't know that it used to be trash. Yeah. Yeah. In some cases it used to be a septic tank. And it, yeah, it used to be, it used to be trash full of shit. <laughs> And I cleaned it. I cleaned it really well. You know, like they don't, they don't know. They don't but. know. And, 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 but like that transition, I think is such a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and, it, and that's, that's where the, that value, the, the value is not in the material. It's not in like the fact that this is metal. The value is in the, 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 the process and the engagement and the vision. Like, yeah. like that, that, that idea of like, oh, I can make this into this. And then it becomes a thing. And it, it is always so inspiring to me. I'm just like, wow, this, yeah. is, this is what artists are doing every single time. They're taking a piece of paper and they're making it into something else. They're, something make, they're taking a piece of... But anywhere. Yeah, it, it's either going to be, it's either going to go into be trash or it's touched by the right person and it becomes, it becomes art. Yeah. And it, it's in, like... It's an amazing process. Yeah, like the creativity is always is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And like I'm, I'm a, um, you know, STEM major. Like I've, I've been within like, I have two parts. I have like the scientific field and, and the artistic field. I kind of feel like I'm in both worlds. Yeah. Like my day-to-day yeah, job are. I do. And now work for, for a, like a civil engineering firm. But like we do products for like Department of Transportation. We work on like wildfire conservation and all okay. that kind of stuff. And, uh, but I kind of, it's like this, it's like it's using my academic knowledge to do this job. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like Python coding and R coding and looking at like data science and all that kind of stuff now. But, um, you know, even then, like I always advocate for artwork, for art to be within that, that as well. And like I made the COVID-19 dashboards for the state of Alaska during the oh. pandemic. And that Wait, was, tell um, me about those. So like I, I, well, I came back to Alaska. So I did, you know, data science for my field of research. I did some GIS analysis for a few papers that I was on when I was in school. Okay. And, um, so that was like my, I, I study like sustainable agriculture is my background, but I do like, you know, research and all that kind of stuff. Just general, okay. you know, reason, like science, you know, mm-hmm. where'd you go to, stuff. where'd you go to school for that? Uh, Montana State University and Portland State University. So okay. I, then I came back to Alaska okay, and so I had you this did the knowledge. army thing and yes. then, was, and you were like, <laughs> no, this isn't for me. And then. Oh, I knew that going into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're just going to get this done so I can go get free college money. Okay. Uh, then, so yeah, Army, I came back to Alaska for about a year, and then I left. I went down to Bozeman, Montana. I lived there for about a few years. Okay. Uh, and then I went down to Portland State University to finish up my undergrad. Okay. I was at Montana State University, but they have a tendency to keep you there for as long as you can. It's a five-year STEM degree. They were trying to oh, wow. make okay. me go back and redo classes because their old Bio 101 courses didn't count anymore for my degree. They wanted you to take the new Bio 101, even though I'm taking like advanced biogeochemistry, and they want me to go back for another year for six years of this degree to go go back to 101 courses. Because they changed the curriculum. Yeah. And there was work in Portland, and there was other courses that were not offered at Montana State University. So I was like, you know what? I like middle fingered up. I was walking to the office. I didn't really do that, (laughs) but in my mind, I did that. Here's your soul. Your soul gave the out. And I just moved to Portland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to try my hand of like the big city, I grew up in Anchorage. Like this is the biggest, at that point, it was the biggest city I ever lived in to give it a shot. You know, like there's work out there. There was work in like my, for, for, for my research and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go give it a shot. It worked out great. I were, I became an RA, uh, research assistant for, uh, 
Dr. Cantor down there at the geography department, and I worked yeah. on two papers, and I got published on two papers, and yeah, and they worked official. out great. I finished up my degree, and then I came back to nice. Alaska. Nice. Yeah, I got to see the big city life. Yeah. Not a fan of living around so many people. I love Portland, but like, I yeah. don't like all the people. Like, it's just too much. I like, and I just bought a house in Palmer. Mm. I got four acres to myself, and I'm like kind of in the middle of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, you got some, And it's my dream house, you know? Space, yeah. No, that's nice. Yeah, I, it's... It's a double. People, people are a double-edged sword. It's nice. the energy of the city is amazing, and sometimes it's it's suffocating. I love it for like two weeks, okay. and then after that, I'm like, I gotta get. Like, I need the woods. I need to be out in yeah. the middle of nowhere. I can't mm. be in a surrounded by people where I can't get away. I'm an introvert on the inside, yeah. like hardcore. Yeah. I need to recharge, and you can't. I feel like I can't recharge in the city. Just constant motion, and mm. you just you can't have any time to yourself at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. My my I I hear you. My my piece of like my house is has a bunch of woods around it and I love it. But even when Jake and Ben are home, I'm like, you guys gotta go because I need no one here. That's why I need your treehouse. That's why I need treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. So like it but there's this there there is something about creatives that, that we just need no one around sometimes. And that is like I can't I can't really drop into my into my zone. So I'll put my phone in airplane mode and I will when no one's around, I'll put my phone in airplane mode and I'll just like, that's the best time to actually focus on a, on a thing without being constantly interrupted. Yeah. And I got two it, modes. It, I have like creative mode. It's like, like, like jazz music and like, like Spanish guitar or something like that. Okay. Like classical. But then when I'm actually making something in the shop, uh -huh. I'd be death metal. Oh, so interesting. I don't even like, I don't, I just put on a playlist on Spotify. Like I'm not too into it. They're like, what are you listening to? I was like, I don't really know. That's where it comes up. <laughs> Like it's just it's just the mood I guess I don't yes. know but it's a it's a weird I, I can't describe that but like it's just a it's a I don't know why but it works it just I wonder it, was, so you, well. was that what your dad was listening to in the shop No God no, no no Okay <laughs> my so dad's it's not like that. comes in the shop and I'm listening to it and he's like Ooh I don't want to come back later <laughs> <laughs> Interesting Yeah Huh I can work out to death metal but I I don't think I could work in the shop with it I actually worked at a welding shop where they were always playing death metal and. And I'd just gotten this job as a, as a, like a fresh, a fresh new welder. And I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go work in a fab shop to see how this is. And <laughs> worst idea. Well, not the worst idea I've ever had. One of, one of the worst ideas. I've, I've, had, I've had other terrible ideas as well. Um, so I, so I get this job and I'm really happy at first that I got this job. And then I go to this job and I, I can't stand my coworkers. They're a bunch of just like, we can't even have a conversation and and the music is not working for me and and uh, you know these are these are people that are they're they're welders this is and this is their career and this is what they're going to do for the rest of their lives and then i show up and and i'm not happy with the music in the shop and and earbuds weren't weren't a thing at the time it was earplugs or the the one radio in the shop that yeah, was that was yeah. how it was because it was the 90s and and someone, and one of the one of the dudes was like, "Well, it we we keep the radio station set. What what it's on when you come into work is what it's on for the rest of the time." And I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> so I show up to work early <laughs> and, and change it to NPR. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh god, this is what we're doing." And they that rule changed. Yeah. So then we could then we could rotate, and it was great. But yeah, there was death metal that. So well, you would you would have like probably that, had a great time at the shop. That's actually that's the shop my dad and I shop. It's like it's like 
death metal like when I'm listening and then we both listen to NPR and we're both in the shop and then yeah. we just go back and forth <laughs> to go back and forth like country music on occasion and then uh, you know the old old country music that's what we listen to oh yeah you know? Yeah. None of the new stuff, you know. You got a hankering for the new stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just like, it's like classic country, NPR, and like, on occasion, metal. Death metal. Good combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a jack of all trades in music and whatever, you know, everything else, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. else. Uh, um, yeah. So, I did the COVID-19 dashboards of the state. I got hired on, because uh, I did GIS work for a long time. I did data science what, stuff. Like the COVID-19 dashboard, what, like... So we were what tracking. Are we even talking about? That was for the state of Alaska has their own COVID nineteen. I mean, every state has their own COVID nineteen. Oh, tracking with like system. our, our yeah. what the numbers we're doing. Oh, yeah. got it. Yeah. So I, then, it. I, okay. I applied to that job. Um, I had lost a job I really wanted to get because I didn't know what Python experience, and it was like monitoring coastal erosion with drones on like the coast, the western and northern coast of Alaska. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like I got into the interview, and they're like, how much Python do you know? I was like, a little bit. Like you know, some from college. Like, yeah, sorry, we can't hire you. We need someone with more Python experience. Yeah. So I sat down and I built my own small COVID-19 dashboard before you know, when I, I signed up to go apply to this job. Okay. So when I interviewed, I showed them what I made, and then I got the job, and I kind of got into it. <laughs> and, and then just... it was a wild ride. I mean, it was a really That's fun cool. job because it was a constant challenge. Like, Dr. Zink is coming out, like, every, like, day sometimes, especially after Delta hit. Mm-hmm. Like, we need a new thing. Like, they're at, like, you know, CDC is doing this. we got to match. You know, we got to apply to Alaska because Alaska does not have the same metrics yeah, as the rest Alaska, of the United States. Our population is way small. Yeah, it's insane. That's so, like getting up on that. I was never bored. But I never did yeah. any artwork while I was doing it okay. because I was just always working Sucked all up the all the, ener- all the creative energy or all the energy. All the energy, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, I had, it was it was a lot of, like, it's the other aspect that is my life where it's more of, like, the, the technical side, which I really enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. doing that kind of work was actually really fun to me. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, you got to be creative. And this is why I always advocated for, for artwork to be within STEM and to make it STEAM. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, kind oh, of cool. Yeah. that's nice. Yeah, a nice little convenience <laughs> slip in there of a valve. And um, it's because artwork is so important to that the scientific world as well. Like, you know, that when I'm making these dashboards, as a colleague of mine at the time, her name is Ellen Grover. She now works for the Parks and Rec for Anchorage. Okay. And uh, she was the graphic designer at the time that was helping me task with, like, making the new COVID-19 dashboard. We had this original one, but it didn't. It was kind of limited. We couldn't put much stuff on there. Mm-hmm. So I went to go, like, make a new one and to kind of make it more dynamic. Okay. But as we're making all this stuff out, like we're getting all these like graphs together and stuff, and it's like we got to figure out a way to display all this data, especially together, like on top of each yeah. other. Yeah. And I'm working with like a graphic artist who's amazing at her job. She runs like does her own artwork and stuff too, so she kind of knows that background of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we collaborate and make this amazing looking system, and like hmm. we get demographic data, which is so hard to like color coordinate because not only do you have to be sensitive to like the groups you're representing, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. these groups have like because colors color mean codes. things. Yes, colors mean things. Colors mean things. And you can't like you know you got to be really careful with that and to not mm-hmm. like you know to offend or like you know a whole group of people. And so mm-hmm. like you have to coordinate like twenty five different metrics, almost all on top of each other. Yeah. But make it make sense. And, like, she helped me get the color palette designed for this, and it was amazing. It was the best oh. thing I'd ever seen. And this is, I, I now, whenever I go into a job where we're kind of making up a dashboard or, or, like, you know, we're making up, like, a, a tracking system or, like, we're representing data at some point, like, always, if you're looking for a team, include an artist. Include mm-hmm. a graphic artist on there because they mm-hmm. know how to make this stuff look good. Like, yeah. you can do all this really amazing stuff, the technical stuff, but if you can't make it look nice, you've got nothing. Right. So do you find like if it doesn't if it doesn't look good, you're losing 
people's interest Absolutely, like yeah. like they're they're not engaging with it because of its the lack mm-hmm. of aesthetics because yeah with, with with the aesthetics it's also more understandable so you yeah. can actually look at something and understand it right away and if you hit that point without them having oh. to read a detailed bit of information on that graph or that map then you've won and that's rule 101 of gis still okay like when that on the map that you're making, your goal is for someone to look at that map and know exactly what you're trying to show and display without having to read a single thing. Okay. Now that's like an okay. So it's goal. more than that. Oh, that's cool. So it's so it's not just about making it look nice. It's about using using the the using design to to allow it to communicate better. Like the information is getting transferred better because of the design. One hundred percent. 100%. That's super cool. So like that's also another thing that I felt helped out really well and like huh. led me into the COVID-19 dashboard stuff and why I, I did well at it is because I had the background of being an artist mm-hmm. and I could kind of, you know, like what are people going to like look at when they see this? Like how are they, are we using correct like color formats? Does it look good? Mm-hmm. Like is it understandable? Like how is the average person going to get on here and, and mm-hmm. try to understand yeah, this information what we're trying gonna... to display? And, yeah, uh, huh. I mean, like I, you know, I have some, but like, you know, having like, uh, having Ellen on it, like an actual graphic artist actually go mm-hmm. and do this with like, like color theory and yes. all oh, God, color theory. That's color such theory. a huge Color part. is so complex. It is. And it's so, it's its own, it could be its own degree. I mean, I think it is. I, it, I actually have no idea, but yeah, it was, so. it was in, um, color theory. I, I got a degree in, in sculpture and so it was a bachelor's in fine art and we didn't, we didn't touch color theory, but you know, who got to the interior designers? They got in-depth color theory, and I was so jealous. I was like, "Why don't Why don't we get to do this? Like, why is this not part of our? I should have just taken the classes." Yeah, just yeah, just but, do it. <laughs> but I but I didn't because I was just like, "Well, that's that's not. I don't know." But yeah, so important. Yeah, mm. I think that. I mean, I brought this up to my new job because we we essentially just do that. Like what I did for the COVID nineteen dashboards, I now do for like anybody who contracts with the, with Michael Baker. Okay. And, uh, and I mean, it's a fun job. I get to go out and fly drones. I get to go out and do field work and I get to do like, you know, dashboard design and all that kind of stuff. And I get to work with data. Mm-hmm. So I get to be really creative and how you like solve, it's like a giant puzzle essentially to try to like solve this problem by doing like building these things together. So it's, yeah. it's still a lot of creativity kind of roll into that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's I'm gonna get cool. back into that's sculpture a, work when I get some time. That's a nice combo. Summer. It is. Yeah. I love it. I think it's a. It's sounded kind of boring when I talk to people about that. It like, does. The words do sound pretty boring. Yeah. But but hearing you describe <laughs> like more of the the bones of what it is, that it sounds really satisfying. It's not as exciting as saying like I shape things with metal when I make right? sculpture work. You know, it's not as cool sounding. Yeah, but, but what really can compete with being a metal sculptor? <laughs> I can't. Like obviously, we're preaching to the choir here, but. Yeah. yeah, it's a like metal. Metal is like plastic. It all it's all the qualities of plastic. You can stick it together, take it apart. Stick it together, take it apart. It's endlessly malleable, but it's so freaking strong. Oh, and it's just and it's, it looks amazing. Like plastic. Yeah, plastic yeah. is gross. And like you don't get depth. Like the this just the surface of steel. Like I love I love how much depth there is just yeah. in that surface. And, and I think like the crazy things you can do with it, like even with plastic, you can't like the, the like the structural integrity of like you like strong. putting two rods together and standing it up would never yeah. really work. Like, yeah. And even when you're fusing plastic, it's yeah. not like a weld. Yeah. It's not gonna it's not strong. And like you can it's just do all kinds of stuff. You can just go build like this entire framework of like this random nonsense and have it like kind of come out to be this really cool design. Yeah, you can build yeah. anything. Anything. You can anything. build anything. anything. If you can anything. think of it, you can build it. If you can think of it, you can build it. And yeah. I, I hate how expensive it is to get into it. Like we're talking about being in the studio and like having an art studio. Yeah. 
like in the same way, there's not a great way to have uh, a collection of like welding equipment for people to work out of. That's like no. the biggest drawback is that you got to put a lot of money into it. Yeah. And I was so fortunate enough to have it available to me. Yeah. Like via my dad when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's I mean, a hard it's, entry. It's a hard entry. It's a hard entry. It's hard to maintain too. Like I've been dropped my entire savings account just to kind of get set back up a few times mm-hmm. in my life. You know? Yeah, and to make a safe studio. Like yeah. we were talking about ventilation the other day. Like we <laughs> both don't have adequate ventilation. Um, yeah. But so talk about your or tell me about your um, your fire pits. Yeah. Because uh, those that's how I found you first. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think when we first talked, you're like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. I, I already, fa- I already found you on Instagram, didn't, and then we met in real person. Yeah. And, I, and we were, we were, we got, I got excited. I was like, let's connect. And then we were already connected. <laughs> I was, yeah, like, I was already Instagram, one of your like, fans. Oh, yeah, I already know who you are. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, this was, I mean, I've doing wall artwork for a long time, and I'm kind of hitting my, the end of the road of that one. I don't really want to do wall artwork anymore. I'm kind of getting tired of it. For me, the creating of the designs is really yeah really hard like I'm not a great artist when it comes to like drawing things out and like designing like a like a design I guess like okay. I am it, it's it, I can do it but it takes me a long time and yeah. I hate whatever I make and so I have to go back and like re-edit it 15 well, times that's, okay that's what I think is interesting about a 3d brain like you have a you obviously have a, a three-dimensional like your brain is is more creative in 3d like so what I noticed with mine, um, because we all only have our own self as reference, I was really good at copying on um, two dimension. Like yeah. I could, I could take a photo and and I could, I could look at a photo and I could draw exactly that. And but I couldn't create. I always felt stuck. Yeah. I felt I, w- I was good at copying, but then and I was I was like maybe I'm not even a real artist. And then I and then I moved to sculpture and I started to be able to create. And it just my brain was on fire. Yeah. And, and so I, it. I find the same way, like when you come down to it, like when I'm trying to transfer, like I use like just actual images to like help me get the shape right. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like if I just go to like, I feel like a lot of like, like sketch artists also do this when they're starting out. Like yeah. I feel like I looked into this like as a process cause I also felt Most the same way. Most people can't like, draw out of their I'm mind. Cartoonists. I can't do it. Yeah. yeah Cartoonists like, can draw out of their brains, but, yeah. but no one else can. Like after years of getting into it as well, like then you get the shape and reference. But I feel a lot of people use images as a reference to what they're trying to make. Especially yeah. like I'm trying to make wildlife like metal artwork i need to have yeah, something if you put real the femur in the wrong place everyone's gonna be like that's yeah. a weird looking yeah. moose droopy eye octopus <laughs> droopy not, eye not octopus. great they don't sell you well. can't sell a droopy eye octopus <laughs> i mean you can but it's weird it's all about branding hashtag droopy eye octopus please make a specifically droopy eye octopus no no it's a it's droopy, droopy eye octopus. octopus don't don't be just <laughs> don't stem my creative <laughs> flow um, <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. <laughs> it's specific uh. well like yeah I got into doing that so like the, the I was like well I gotta do something new like I wanna get into something different and I thought about I don't know how I first got into this I, I, I had been making fire pits for a bit but they were pretty simple rings mm-hmm. boxes all that kind of stuff and then I was like well I can make like a globe or like an orb and I can make yeah. that into a fire pit or I can make sculptures out of that because I've been thinking about doing it for a long time Yeah. but I never knew how to actually do it like I tried making a few when I was in Portland when I was working out of the shop I was doing like art, like fabrication and stuff for this uh, place called. Um, oh my god, what was the name of that place? My brain totally forgot it. Metalwood PDX. That's it. Okay. And uh, we would take old stuff and make it into furniture, and then we would sell it for like you know, like hotels or for like you know individual people would come in with an idea and we would make it for them. Cool. But like I had my spare yeah. time, I'd go and work on stuff in the shop. Okay. And uh, I ma- I tried making this like 
bike gear orb thing, and it just did not turn out round. It was mm. all mis. It was a joy at best. Like, were you was, just were you just were you you were building it like buy, constructively? Just, you were buy, just like buy. like I'm gonna if I put it here, it'll be round. If I put it, yeah, oh. not a great forest no, process. That's a, that's a hard that's a hard sell. So like when I came back to Alaska, I, I saw like the half pits, like the half orbs. You see it like a few places up in like in Girdwood, Alaska has one. I think you know like in mm-hmm. Spitzmark and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I looked into like buying these like half orbs and like kind of combining them together, and making artwork out of that. Yeah. And I looked at the shipping cost, and it was three thousand dollars to get like a set of like just one orb up to Alaska. And I was like, yeah, that's not so going to happen. Insane. We can't. How do much that. were the orbs? Like if you were in the lower forty-eight, how much would they be? Oh God, I think they were. It was a Canadian company that I bought them off of. And this is like three years ago. Um, I can't. The shipping was about eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Maybe more. Okay, so it's still. So I got I got them freight shipped up here. It took like three or four weeks to get them up here. Yeah, that's, so like, a, that's a that's a hard entry. You can't make mm-hmm. one and then just be done. Like you can, if someone wants another one or they want something like it, you got to do that whole process again. I was like, well, I'm not doing that. And like, I also want to use scrap. I don't want to keep buying new ones. Like that's never going to be part of the plan. No. So I was like, well, I'll buy one. I'll use this as my mold so I can actually make an actual accurate three-dimensional, like a, an orb when I'm making yeah. one. And then I'll use scrap metal to actually build out the orb while I'm doing it. And then I found like new methods of like how to combine, like as you're building it up, like, oh wait, they got to open it to put firewood in it. Like, how am I going to do that? So it was like designing in a door. While oh, did you get to use thing. those? Um... I've always wanted to use these, the, the weldable, the little welding brackets that are the welding hinges. The chef's kiss. Oh, oh, they're amazing. Those are so graceful. Oh, they're I like, they have ones you can things. actually like, you can lube up as well. You can put like, yeah, the little uh, zirk fitting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just, just, per- and you can go get them at, uh, at, uh, Airlift Feed. Yeah, Matheson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matheson. Mm-hmm. I always touch them when I'm in there and I'm like, yeah. I don't have a project for these right now, so I leave them, but every time I'm checking out, I'm like, oh, I love these hinges. Just anything. God, you can just... just I'm just going to buy them and start hinging something. Yeah. Just just random stuff, you know? Just a hammer and a... <laughs> anything. And a crowbar, you know? Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just, just so they can hinge off of each other. There's no point to it, you know? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and I just I started doing that, and they kicked off. Like I love the functionality with the artwork as well. That to me is it's also so a huge fun. bonus. And it helps people because yeah. they like abstract art is uh, is hard for people to like. Yeah, I've I've been watching this for a while, and they they get confused by it because they're like, but what is what is it? And I'm like, you wouldn't ask that question if this was a picture of a tree. Yeah, you just be. It's whatever a you shape. Want it to be. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's about itself. Yeah. It's not about. It's not. It's not. It's not metal trying to be something else. It's metal being itself. That's it. And that's then, a really good. That's a really good uh, explanation, actually. It seems to land with. You mind if I take that and use take it? it? Use right, it. Sweet. Use it. Educate the, the educate the world with that. It's not. Yeah, because that's what. That's what. One. That's actually. That's actually the definition for non-objective art. So abstract art is when you take a when you take a, an object and you and you distort it, and non-objective art is art that's not about anything, and then objective art is art that's about something. It's a it's a painting pretending to be a tree. It's a this is yeah. This is, we also get art one hundred and one in Alaskan Artist Podcast. <laughs> um, it took me a long time to wrap my head around those things, um, but yeah, that's that's my definition for non-objective art is art that's actually just about its material. It's not pretending to be something else. Nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good solid explanation. Actually, I like to take that because I, I mean that is kind of kind of run into that on occasion, especially working with like metal artwork. I feel like mm-hmm. metal artwork gets a bit of a uh, like a, a push when it comes to abstract art as well because like it just metal just looks cool anyway. So when you're yeah. making like abstract metal artwork, 
you're probably going to do something well, even if you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, well, because metal's so likable. Yeah. People seem to like it. Yeah. You could just put random crap out in your yeah. yard and they're like, you this could. is amazing. Who designed <laughs> this? Like, uh, I just uh, put it there. Yeah. I mean, I that's, what, that's what Alexander Calder was doing. He was, he was welding together these big stupid shapes and painting them red. And then people are like, this is amazing. And they're not. But they're big and red, yeah, and, and they're it. made People out of just, steel, and that that's enough. I just got a little, you know. I mean, I love Calder's other work, but I don't love his sculptures. They're not. They're. I don't think they're great. Yeah, I feel like the, like I've seen that around as well. Like someone just took two pieces of big pieces of metal and they just mm-hmm. put them together, and just like that would take literally five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like you just list, like linked it on each other and just welded it in there. And I was like, ah, yeah. I don't know. Like, and now, I gotta and now like we're supposed to be creative. impressed with this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like for me, I got to represent, like for, for my artwork, it's got to represent something. And like, I made like tree sculptures. I mean, it's amazing. Like, cause in Portland, bike gears everywhere. I can just go get a bunch from like a bike repair shop cause they're yeah. all over the place. Okay. I started, I started making artwork with that and uh, cause it was the medium, the scrap medium I had That's at the time. It was available. Yeah. I thought they would do better in Portland. They did not. They did not. No, uh-huh. they did not. I was like, well, maybe because they don't look good, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also have to consider ugly. that fact. Yeah. I can't just like, oh yeah, they're amazing. Just no one will buy them. This is cause. People in Portland suck, and they just won't buy my artwork. It's like, yeah. no, I can, no, sure, I can sit in there. They didn't turn out that great. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say that because they're it's, at Katie's. It's studio. hard though because your artwork is like your children. Like you love it because you made it sometimes, but then you get a little bit of distance, and you're like, no, that actually sucks. Yeah, like I don't actually like that. You could also be your own worst critic, which I definitely am all For the sure. time too. Yeah, which people are like, no, no, it's good, and like patting me on the back, like, no, no, it's fine, like. I yeah. think some people. I I I disagree a lot with. Like, I'll make I'll make something. I'll know that it sucks, and then people are, they'll 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 try to be really kind, and I love that. I think that's nice. Yeah. But it's not helpful. I because know. This, I want because them the piece to be still sucks. Like yeah. yeah, tell me like like that's where that's where children come in very handy, <laughs> <laughs> and and you can see on their faces. You don't even need their words that they're just like. Ah. Like, what is that? Like, say, like, is that like a duck? I'm like, no, it's meant to be a swan. Like, oh, God, I messed up. (laughs) Yeah. But if they want to touch it, it means it's successful. If they go up and they want to touch it, success. Like, so that's a, because you, as an an artist, like, watching, watching people watch your work is so fascinating. And you can learn a lot about how it, because they'll lie to you. They're not, people, humans are not truthful. Yeah. And they're impressed by this skill. And they're impressed by metal because they don't know how to do it. You're pulling a fucking trigger, right? It's yeah. not. It's not hard. It actually is not hard. <laughs> I. I mean, it, it's work good, and it's like I mean, it's effort uh, and it's exhausting. No, but you're right. Like woodworking in comparison is so much harder Way because harder. you have to do all this work just to put two pieces of wood together and make them stay that way. You have to plan. Them. You have to measure. You have yes. to be accurate. You have to do it well. That you just. Weld it there, and it's not going to ever move. No, nope. like that's that. Yeah, then that kind of helps you. You kind of get away with some stuff when you're doing that. You do, like, and you can make some objectively horrible things that yes. are just not good, which people do all the time. That's the the other thing that I have trouble with metal art is like, yeah, you just made a big pile of crap. Like, at what point am I being too lazy? I think that's <laughs> that. That's a really good point. Where like, because I've definitely come to that point where I'm making something, and I it's getting way harder than I I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then like, I'm just like cutting corners like on certain spots yeah. and not following the plan and so I'm simplifying the process a bit yeah but like I was like uh, like at what point like that's okay in certain aspects if you feel like you're being more efficient like all right I was way too ahead yeah I need to cut down and do something that's more practical or yeah. like I'm just getting lazy now I'm just like 
welding crap together just because and like I know people will just like it because people like it yeah, yeah. so that that's where that's where you be, you can you can betray yourself a little bit this is where we might be good for each other because yeah. I'm not going to be that impressed with you if you weld and you're not going to be that impressed with me if I weld yeah because we do it every day yeah, yeah. And we're just not that impressed with like, it I do I mean, it all the time I love like, it. yeah I go to like I see something like someone else made and I'm like I could do that like that's not that <laughs> impressive they're like I can yeah. I can do that in a heartbeat do that pretty quick they're like oh look at that it's amazing I was like I could do that yeah. like Give me half an hour on the shop, and I can do yeah. something like that. Is it amazing? Yeah, that's a pilot. You just you just took scrap and, <laughs> and you and you put it together thoughtlessly. If you took scrap and put it together thoughtfully, that would be different. Yeah, it's not my artwork. It's not what I. It's hard because like <laughs> I shouldn't crap on someone else's artwork. Like someone took time Why? to go do that, and like while it's yes. not my stuff, it's like not something I would enjoy. Mm. You know, like it's just not for me. Okay, well, enjoying it is different than successful. Like those are different things. Like you can have you can you can have a, a piece that you really like that is very simple and that 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 um, and it also depends on the objectives of the artist. Like what was the artist trying to accomplish, and and did they accomplish that? And then if you get rid of the artist, because eventually we're all going to die. Yes. Right. Like our work is going to be hopefully maybe being seen by someone when we're not there to explain it. So now goals are out the window. Yeah. Objectives are out the window. So those are irrelevant. But does it does it draw you in? Does it engage you? Does it keep you looking at it? Like that that I think is a more tangible recipe. I don't I mean I don't know. This is the debate. Like what is what is success? What is failure? Right. Right. Um, among artists and among work. That's actually a good point. I never considered that like what if you were going to do a, a comparison between the two, and this is like after like a hundred years in the future, and no one mm-hmm. knows who this artist no one is, no, no, one, no one knows your name, no, no one, knows, no one yeah, cares, knows nothing about it. You're, everyone, everyone's been eating my worms. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> think about this a lot actually. This is like whenever I'm making something, this comes to my brain like, where is this going to be? What's the end life of this thing? Yeah, and what I is this going to do this. when it goes like, and lives a beyond? A painting can easily be destroyed, right? That like in a building collapse or mm-hmm. like in a fire or something like that, but like. This yep. giant metal orb that I just made. It's sticking it around. It has the potential to stick around for a long time. And it can roll places. Yes, it can travel. <laughs> <laughs> it can see the world. But like that... that it, can, it can go down a hill all by itself. Yeah. And that always pops in my mind. I was like, where is this end... Where's the end point going? It's well after I'm gone. Yeah. But like where... I'm just curious about where this is going to go. And like what its future is going to be. Are people ever going to see... I don't assume people are going to ever see it again. Like I assume it's going to go somewhere and it can get lost in time. But like... Hard to say. It'd be amazing if someone like found like dug one of these up and like years like like five hundred years down the road. Just, yeah, like, yeah. Like say you say you had a fire pit in someone's yard that was like this beautiful fire pit, and then like um, wind happens and the people die, or or a dystopia happens, and we don't like we have a mat, we we lose humans on the planet, and then and then nature takes over because that's what it will do if we're if we're not here to move the dirt around, the na- nature is going to move the dirt around, yeah. and so your piece could get buried, right? Yeah. Like you could have a you could have this like beautiful fire piece in a yard that was like on the surface that 500 years later is below the surface and then humans have like revived themselves they've figured out how to not kill each other that's neat and now they're trying to figure out what happened to the people that were there before and they find your orb just and all kinds of like, they can like start what would that like a, conversation a quasi-religion or a cult i think that's a success you know like down the road <laughs> i think that's that's it. I'll I'll made it as an artist. Yeah, I think I think that's that might be the marker of success. <laughs> that's it. That's the standard we're gonna to meet to then when it comes okay. to 
to, to doing this. Yeah. No, like, I think I, that kind of, like, I went to an art studio back in Montana, and I saw this, like, art piece that was on the wall, and it was just a locket that was locked together that was in mm. a frame. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, like, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to yuck someone else's yell, right? Someone cares about that artwork. That's their thing. You're like, it's like I'm not going to give you, like, shit for making it. But, like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't like it. Like, I just don't think there's much to it. Like, there yeah. might have been, like, a personal aspect for that artist, that, and there was a personal meaning, but there's nothing that's conveyed in that to anyone else except for that person. And so I can't pick up on that at all. Unless right. I get to talk to that person. Right. Maybe there's, like, a whole story behind it. Right. And then it makes it beautiful because I know the story. Because there's a story, there's a context for it. But like you're but, selling, but stand it. alone. Yeah, you're selling that in a in a coffee shop, and like it has no explanation to anybody else. Like that's where I can like, well, like that you just put two lockets together and put it in a frame. Yeah. Like I don't really know. I don't know what the context is for that. Right. You're just kind of, and you're selling it as well, so it's kind of if there is a personal aspect to it, that's kind of. That's also going to be lost. Thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, well, it, it brings up an interesting question. It's like the, um, it's like um, Marcel Duchamp's urinal sculpture. So he, he, he was, he had decided that um, the art, the, the, the art world was ridiculous. And that they were like, just like that, like that you could, that anyone could make any stupid thing and, and proclaim it art and that it would be successful. And he's like, that's ridiculous. So he got a urinal and he signed it, not his name. He signed it R R dot Mutt is what is and then he and then he put it on display at a gallery and and um people freaked out. And and then because of the freak out, it actually became art. And so he's what he was doing was insulting insulting that very thing he was like this is he's like this art this this whole thing that we're doing called art is gotten ridiculous like like we are we just because you display something and call it art doesn't mean it's art yeah and then he did it and then it actually became art because it was so outrageous because it was a urinal all he did was sign a urinal yeah and and so then he's just he's actually just making fun of people yeah and the whole process that you were this actually ensued after that Uh uh-huh like what like it was a tape in the banana to a wall that sold for same 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 right it's it's just and and at that that point you're just like this is a what we're doing here is ridiculous people like we have lost sight of of but also and correct me if i'm wrong because like you know way more about this than i do like that's like they were like well why would someone do this why would it sell for so much money and it's like Mm -hmm. well it's like if people can use it as like a tax avoidance kind of thing where they're actually buying artwork with a large portion of money yeah or because it it was someone famous someone famous decided to do a thing yeah um now that's it's a it's a fun conversation right like what what is art well like what is art what is is craft what is craftsmanship where are these is it selling because it's actually useful or is someone like kind of like cheating a system or they like just doing it just yeah just because that person has notoriety and it that's that's not really skill at that point because like taping a banana to a wall doesn't take yeah. any skill I, I zero like skill and yet like... and yet there's some that there's there's something in there i mean we're talking about it that's a good point. It got us talking. It did a thing. <laughs> so it's like by our own definition of that, is that going to go on in the future? I mean, like we're now talking about it. It's being discussed. It can mm-hmm. very well be discussed well in the future. Uh-huh. I think that kind of qualifies at the, those few points. Yeah. I think and you can never really find the right answer for what is good artwork. I think that's No, it's the, amazing. Yeah. It's perfect. That makes it a great conversation topic because it can never really end. Yeah. And really the, the other something. one that, that we always use to, to delegitimize art is anyone could do that. Anyone, but, but actually anyone can do that. 
anyone can make art. Yeah. You so what's, yeah. So, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone can do it. If they get into it and they practice enough, they can do it. Anyone I mean, can do it. Yeah. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to know how to draw. You don't have to be very intelligent. You can just, anyone can make art. It doesn't mean it will sell. It doesn't mean that it will inspire people, but anyone, anyone can make art. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of neat. I do. I, I like that we are all, all are capable of actually achieving that. And I kind of yeah. hate how much money comes into our work these days as well. But at mm. this point, like as an artist, like you have to kind of buy into the game because that's how you keep doing it. Kind of. In a lot of aspects. Uh, I get really frustrated with, with, um, really just ugly art, like ugly art drives me crazy and what I mean by ugly art is like art that I don't like looking at that is gross <laughs> like that but like a lot of times painters in spe specifically will um just they'll use colors right out the, like a new painter will use colors right out of the tube and put it on the put it on the canvas in a really like glue like gloppy way and it's just gross and then but but it's of something that people like, like a landscape. Like, um, you know when you go to any seaside town, you go in the gallery and there, any, any seaside gallery and there's oceanscapes. And they're all the same. They're all like the perfect crested wave with the perfect frothy foam and then the, ear, like the, the, like the translucent part of the wave. It's the same recipe. And people love it. And I hate that shit. I, I like feel it's like just gross. That's it's, the thing, because I do that too sometimes. Salmon artwork. I salmon hate making artwork. salmon artwork, man. Like, I refuse I've done to so make many. salmon artwork. But like that's the thing, like you kind of get but into people it because like it. people like it, and it's like when because money comes into it, you're not making something because you truly enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You're recreating the same. I like I like making some salmon. I've made some kind of cool ones, but like I always go back to salmon because I know it'll do well in Alaska. Yeah, right? salmon, salmon, aurora, um, bears. But I, I wouldn't consider doing that unless. I knew but that, you know like, that it's gonna sell. I know that it's gonna sell. So like that money kind of comes into it, and like you, you have like the like the capitalization of like just artwork, and then it just kind of makes you sad. It does because it's like you this sold is what your you soul. Do. And people just pump bit. those out at like, the seaside towns because they mm -hmm. know like that's what gonna people go, are just it's gonna, gonna buy. sell. It's gonna go away. People yeah. are gonna be happy. And that's it. like kind of makes me sad when I think about that sometimes. But like it's not like it's not a great. It's not we're not doing this because we want to build up a skill. Like mm -hmm. we're kind of dependent on this. And in some cases, like if I want to keep making metal artwork, mm -hmm. I have to sell it. Yeah. And like I can't keep yeah. doing this unless I sell these art pieces. Yep. And, or and else this is this is this money. is the vice of being a professional artist. Yeah. It is it is it is the shackles. And I swore to myself that I would not get sucked into this. I swore to myself that I would not become a gallery artist, that I would not develop a, a style, even though everyone said you need to you need to get a gallery and develop a style. And I was like, no, I won't. And then I got into a gallery and I was so excited. And I I just the idea of wanting to sell pieces so that I could keep making them, I had developed a style. Yeah. And then I was mad. I was so <laughs> angry. I was like, oh. you become your own worst and enemy. It, it snuck up on me too. Yeah. It snuck up on me over over like ten years. I didn't think that was happening, like because I had I had told myself that that was that's not how it was going to be for me. Yeah. Because I was I was better than that. It snuck up on me, and and now I'm like, mm, I I'm in this stance of I'm going to make whatever the hell I want. I'm yeah. going to make I'm going to make whatever I want, and I've been working on these pieces, and in the back of my mind. There's this little sentence that's like, 
But no one, no now, one's going to buy these. But now that's your new style. Randomness. That's like that. Oh. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so a, hard. It's just a system. You know, it's yeah. a system you kind of operate in. You kind of have. But just, I don't want. I don't want to. No part of me wants to because I want. I want the. I want the process. I want the exploration. I want the. Yeah. I want to solve the problems. I want to. I want to. I want it to be. I want it to stay constantly new. I want to stay in the honeymoon phase, <laughs> constantly with whatever I'm making. Yeah. Well, I, I totally get that. This is why I want I want the Star Trek future, right? Because it's like you know the Star Trek future. It's like the like the money doesn't exist anymore, right? It's yeah, like, so like, like we, we instantly become altruistic. Yeah, well, it's like people always do it for like people go and like go into fields of science. They go and become artists not because there's like a fame factor or like monetary factor to it, right? They're not going to okay. get rich doing it because in this society, nothing, no one, no, one's no money rich. exists. Like yeah. no one's going to get you do it. You become famous because you're good at what you do, and yeah. because like you've like you contributed something to like the collective like like field that you're working within that made you famous for what you are it's not just because you have money it's not because you you know you, you came from like wealth it's because you actually committed and like and contributed to something that actually benefited that whatever field you're in so you're an artist yeah. and you're actually making things you're not worried about having to go and sell it and whether it's going to like sell an art studio and just mm-hmm. doing it you're like you're making something new when you're Working yeah, on something, and, and you get notoriety is because your peers have recognized you, and like that you've done something, some new, something new, and something revolutionary. You know. Hopefully. I mean, that's what five hundred years that's, in the that's, future, that's right? That's what that's. <laughs> <laughs> Man, by then your orb will be dug, dug back up. Dug back up and put in a museum. Somewhere, and it'll maybe. be in a mu- Yeah, it'll have amazing yeah. patina. <laughs> oh great, great! Hopefully it'll still. Hopefully it won't all rest away. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make uh, sure your, your your welding settings are just right. Um, yeah. Well, we should we should collaborate on some pieces. Absolutely. I think that'd be yeah, fun. I, and and we won't be that nice to up. each other. Just we're not going to be that impressed because each other welds. Yeah, it's the same thing in therapy. You know, I just want someone to be critical. Like I want them to be. I tough. want honesty. I want yeah. honesty. Yeah. I want, I want, I want tough love. Don't lie to me. If yeah. it looks bad, don't make me feel good. Just, just I tell me. Take it. I already feel good. Have you tried? Have you seen my ego? It's fine. Let's. <laughs> if anything, let's... you can come down a couple things. I mean, yeah. Let's go. That's fine too. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. No, I think that. <laughs> I think that'd be, I want to. I've been. I've been. I want to do some kinetic pieces, I, yes. like like some large spinning things. But it feels it feels a little too big to do it by myself because I want to build. I want to build something very large. Well, now I got a new shop and it's massive. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's I just bought that up and like now I just got to work on it and get it going in the summer. Okay. And that's when I want to do large like large scale. That's the whole reason I bought that shop, that whole house and that property is because I had that shop in there. And I can just start building large sculpture pieces now. You can do and I've things. always wanted to get into doing that. And I got a it. whole new idea for how to build sculpture pieces too, with using uh, uh, VR headsets. Actually, wait, what? Tell me about that. So there's a. Uh, I mean, I, so I haven't tried this out yet because I haven't got the shop up. But I've been generating the idea, I've been looking into like what I can do and how I can actually go about doing this. But uh, with VR headsets, I think with the Oculus Rift, they have a pass-through feature that you okay. can do. So there's a camera on the front of the headset. So when you're looking through it. You could actually look out on what you're actually looking around. Like I have the headset on here, I can see the room while okay. the headset's on my on my face. Okay. So you can you know design a three dimensional model within a program. Okay. Which I've also been kind of like learning how to do, like Blender and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I then, just downloaded uh, Blender. It's yeah, so, so complicated. Hard. Oh my god! Uh. I'm trying to do mapping artwork with it, and it's just <gasps> yeah. I can't. I keep giving up on it every like ten. 
every 10 days. I just can't Me get too. into it. Yeah. Maybe between the two of us, we'll, we'll master Blender. <laughs> a lot I of get classes. sucked into YouTube videos. I, mm, yeah. The rabbit hole is never yeah. ending for that. But what you can do is like get a three-dimensional model. So say like for me, building the sculpture piece when it comes to making something very realistic mm-hmm. is getting the initial framework built. Okay. That I would then like create, kind of create the features on top of. So I need to get the shape of the okay. piece. So we build, build the bones, build the bones first. Right. So like I'm trying to build a bison, for instance, and like maybe like the head of a bison, to, like you know, because you can mount like a head of a bison like sculpture piece on a wall. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to get the right shape, of, like the like the face structure. I need to get the right like nose and like ridge and like the general shape done. Like the way yeah. you would kind of go about drawing something out like that. Uh-huh. And I need to get the like the rebar framework kind of built so I can build on top of that. And I always have a okay. hard time because I'm just going from like my head into like the right shape. And there's a lot yeah. of the back and forth, and it's yeah. really complicated. But if you had, so this is still a work in progress. I'm still working on how this is going to work. But if you had like you can actually design a three dimensional model and put it out in a three D space, like three dimensional space in front of you. So you're looking through the camera, seeing the room, and you've placed the three dimensional model at the right scale. Yep. And you can pin it in one spot. Yeah. You can walk around that thing and see it, and you can actually see it in the size and shape that you're trying to go for. Yeah, that's so right. And then you can go, then you can go build within it. Go back into your VR, see what lines up, see what's yeah. out of what's out of reference point, and go back in. So have your base That's sitting on cool. there. Place your sculpture on that base, like the starting yeah. base that you're going to work with. Uh-huh. Then you can start working with the rebar, getting in the shapes you need, and you can like kind of get into the shape. Like I think that works on. Put the headset on, view the sculpture, like the thing you're designing. Yeah. Match it up to there, see if it actually fits. Yeah. you're trying to design and then start and like all right that works well down at the base and start working from the ground up start working up that makes sense so one of the things i want to build i've had this idea for a bit but um so on on, on alaska they were shooting shrapnel we're shooting like um these huge bullets up all over the mountain and there's these pieces of shrapnel that are like eight inches long and about that thick and they're they're gnarly looking and they're cool and i've been collecting these for a while and, awesome. and I've already proposed this to Alieska and they're very excited about this, but I, I haven't just gotten the traction to build it. So I want to build, I want to build a, a life-size grizzly bear sculpture out of shrapnel from the mountain. And that's what oh. I want to do. And I, and that method that you just described yeah. will absolutely allow that to be done. Let's try it out in my shop. Let's do this. Let's do it. That yeah. would be amazing. That is so cool. Well, that'd be oh fun. My God. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked and I've been, <laughs> I've been, it's an amazing project. <laughs> That is yeah, the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Let's do that. All right, yeah. And then we can totally put fire good. on the inside of it. Yes. Oh, I, I know plenty about that now. Because that do, would be so neat. That would be that would be so fucking cool. Oh my god, I can't wait to. I'm so glad I came back to Alaska and decided <laughs> to buy a house here after. Me too. And very uh, yeah. Like I don't know if you know the backstory on that one. No. It's working in the state of Alaska. I was kind of getting tired of it. I didn't really want to stay in Alaska anymore. I was born and raised here. I kind of wanted to go okay. see new things. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to go move to Europe and live there. I think my future research and like academic wise, better in Europe, better in Germany specifically. Also very in Munich where I was, I moved to the city uh, there. Okay. I wanted to get, be close to the Alps and it's like a, an hour train right away. So I was like, well, that's where I'm going to go. So I talked to my boss of the state and I said, Hey, like I'm doing this. Either you keep me on as a contractor or I just leave. And yeah. I'm like, I have been fingers. You're like, all either the one's fine. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm just going to do, do this. I can't, I can't stay in Alaska, keep renting a house in Anchorage anymore. I got to, I got to go out and do something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, all right, well, how are you as a contractor? So I got the deal set up. I went and talked to a, like the company that works with the state of Alaska. They're going to hire me as a contractor. 
And then the whole point behind this is like, all right, we're going to give you a work visa when you get into the country so you can stay in Germany. That was okay. my assumption that that was going to happen. Okay. And so I got into Germany. I got settled in. I did took a training program in data science to kind of get me some, myself more rounded out in my field. And uh, while I was doing this, I was getting ready. I did all the paperwork. I got set up. I'm living in Germany now, and it was amazing. I love Germany. I want to. I'm going to move back at some point. Okay. But yeah. uh, you know, not not at this point. <laughs> not just bought a house here. Yeah. And, yeah. We've uh, got stuff to do. So you can't yeah. go yet. <laughs> And uh, like I think like a month left on my my original three month visa that I was using to stay in the country, um, they're like, well, we hit a snag and we can't get it to you in Germany, but we can give it to you in the Netherlands. I'm like, well, I just got a six month lease here in here. Munich, like I can't just break that. And uh, they're like, well, either that or you come back to Alaska, or else we got to hit another delay with like getting you set up with work. And I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna go back to Alaska. So I came back and I uh, was, was I have the VA home loan, so I was not a bad time to use it in the market. And I was like considering it. I talked to my friend Kayla Pannon, who's um, I don't know. Do you know Kaylee at all? I don't think so. She kind of runs in the same circles, I okay. think. But uh, she's a hopefully realtor. Soon. Yeah, hopefully. Soon. <laughs> if you're looking to buy in the valley. She's actually she was she's on point. Good one. So yeah. she's also a realtor out there. So I talked to her and I was like, hey, like, you know, I, I if I find my dream home, I'll consider buying it. Yeah. And two weeks later, she found my dream home. Nice. And I'm just like, yeah, all right, this is it. This is all the plan. Right, done. Uh, this has got four acres. I'm right next to Palmer. I'm like right next to the Matanuska River. I've got two shops. I've got a greenhouse. I have a beautifully built sauna, which I oh, like. Fun. I already cool. just tested out for the first time this like week. And like nice. last night, it's got a good amazing. Sweat. Oh, God. Such a good sweat. <laughs> Like it's so easy to make. This is why you need to hang out with Roger. Did you like, did you get to the sauna part of, no. of that podcast? No, I didn't. Oh know. yeah, he does. He does like like sauna and and cold baths, like yeah. So like yeah, all I that pull out. There's yeah. this beautiful cedar tub fun. in the bathroom that he was mm-hmm. using for a wash tub the previous owner, and so I pull that out. I'm remodeling the shower right now, but I was like, well, I can go put in the piling for a new deck because I can go put a new deck on here in a heartbeat. The yeah. sauna is sitting on a deck on the edge of the property overlooking the woods. Cool. And so I'm gonna go rebuild the deck. I'm gonna put a hot tub out there and like that. Tub is a cold dip. Perfect. Yeah, so Perfect. We can go work on middle arbor, then we get to hang out. Yeah, the then we'll go, we'll go sweat, we'll go chill, <laughs> we'll do it again. Done. That's rad. Well, I think we could talk for hours, but um, I guess, uh, I, I guess, I guess, we'll, yeah, oh, you're flying, go you're, you're out of here. So thank yeah. you so much for doing yeah. this podcast well, with me. This has been yeah. so freaking fun. So I'll, I'll, I'll post all the links to so people can find you on Instagram. Yeah, and, totally. um, yeah, and if you need a fire pit, talk to Charlie because they're rad and, and uh, his, his wall sculptures are amazing uh, yeah I'm looking forward to that grizzly sculpture now it's that's, gonna, that's I, gonna be really cool I, I didn't even think of it until like <laughs> mid-conversation I mean this is perfect alright talk to you guys later thank you for the fun